actually, we're not live. We're just recording this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, some of you guys might remember us from. I guess I should talk at the microphone. Yeah, it's I guess so. The main, it's probably the main component of what's going to make this sound good. Mm-hmm. So, right now, Bogdan and I are inside of a closet in my house. Um, it smells a little like feet, I'll be honest. <laughs> but um, that being said, you know, we're just kind of giving this a go. And I did a podcast in the past and, you know, it took a lot of setup and we still didn't really plan it. But even then, it felt kind of like a chore. And this is just something that I think Bogdan and I want to just be fun to do and like therapeutic thing to do and it's you know, maybe we'll come yeah. up with some good ideas so um we were inspired i think first or i was really inspired to just start doing it when i heard Stephen bartlett's podcast diary of a ceo pretty recently and i thought that he had an interesting take on it where it was more of just a reflection and it wasn't really him trying to push information on people it was just him expressing his thoughts and i thought that was a really honest way to do it and I think that's kind of what we're, we're going to try and achieve with this. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts. What are your yeah, thoughts about absolutely. I think a lot of times when people get themselves into trouble, it's usually when they're trying to put something out to please someone. And while it's obviously really important to take into account what your audience might find valuable or useful or entertaining or humorous, I think for our purposes right now, this is just practice for us you know just kind of organizing our thoughts reflecting um on previous weeks and months and i'm sure as you said uh we'll we'll get some uh, some unique uh, ideas out of it so i'm excited yeah so i think maybe hmm so how could we structure it we could, we could come up with a rough structure for now and we'll just straight up upload this like pretty raw so there might be parts that you want to skip through um but I think it'd be cool to, one, go over some of the questions that people asked Bogdan on his Instagram story yesterday, and two, it'd be cool to reflect on, you know, realigning on what we want Hometown Hustle to be. Um, for those of you guys listening that don't know, Hometown Hustle is a web series slash little side brand that Bogdan and I are building, and uh, we're kind of just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, and it's it's kind of its own little case study if you will um and the whole idea behind it the whole principle is to just get out there and and push the needle each and every day um so we don't really have an expectation of how it will end up we have a vision of hopefully creating a big event and you know creating community around it and being able to build it into a publication of sorts but we're still kind of figuring out figuring it all out along the way too because we're not necessarily experts in that field so we're just learning as we go and we're being really open-minded and um, that's kind of the show right now, but behind it are main episodes where we have guests and, um, we're still trying to figure out exactly what that format's going to look like and how all these pieces tie together and how we can continue pushing the needle on it in a positive direction or in a upward, upward trajectory. So that's kind of, um, what it'd be cool to kind of reflect on what we have already and what we kind of want to do with that so that we can build some structure around it. So Matt, do you think it's worth sharing the actual story behind it? kind of how we went from zero to a thousand practically overnight or would you rather split that into a hmm. completely separate episode because i think that would be really yeah, funny I think that's that I'd well, yeah i mean we might as well talk about it yeah for sure <laughs> it, it, it's funny because from the outside looking in it might look like we're very strategic or very, we're very process oriented and we have everything planned out but the reality is 
we're not. We're kind of, we in many ways, as you, as you said, Matt, we are throwing things at the wall, seeing what sticks, and we're going with the flow. And um, I'll let you kind of explain um, how that first started. Well, okay, so it was interesting. So for me, I always wanted to do this web series. I tried to do this, a very similar idea My, my biggest year. struggle in making it happen last year is that I am not a executing type of person i'm like an idea person but i need a lot of help when it comes to executing on the ideas and like making all the little things happen that need to happen so that's where i always falter on my own but now that we had this team um really it was just starting really just having a good reason to start i'll let bogdan pick up from here yeah yeah basically so long story short from the time we started signature to now and keep in mind, we're recording this on September 15th, 2018. Between the time we started, which was, I want to say, mid-May, and now, we've dabbled in a few different strategies, um, a few different uh, formulas for generating new business, increasing brand awareness, and ultimately establishing our credibility within the space because there's just so many people who say they do marketing, who say they do video, who say they do what we do. So we've been always trying to figure out ways to stand out. So one thing that we tried doing that's worked extremely well is leveraging LinkedIn and most specifically the LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Um, it started out, my, a friend of mine uh, highly recommended we spend some time there, so I did. Um, and what I did was I just started using the LinkedIn Sales Navigator to target people that I thought we would either A, be able to build a relationship with and learn from, or B, and ideally we could work with in some capacity. So I started playing around with some of the search queries and some of the options inside the sales navigator and I started clicking, bouncing around different profiles and very, very quickly I developed this process for building those relationships. So I would send out an outbound opening message that was personalized and catered to that person and then um, I would follow up with them if they didn't reply and eventually I started getting responses and I started getting meetings booked and before you knew it I was overwhelmed with the positive responses so it was working for me and it was generating a lot of leads for signature but keep in mind I was the only person doing it at the time um, and then I kept telling Matt about it and we thought okay how can Matt implement the same strategy without saying the exact same things that I'm saying because keep in mind realistically we're gonna be targeting the same people so we thought how can Matt separate himself and his messaging to differentiate from what I'm doing? You want to pick up from there? Do I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try not to be very salesy. I don't, I'm not really necessarily a salesperson in that regard, but I wanted to kind of continue exploring the idea I'd had, and I figured it was a good conversation starter. And my strategy is typically always to just grab the lowest hanging fruit, you know, Get them to respond. You know, what is it going to take for them to just respond? And so I thought I I usually think about the different ways that these people are probably already getting approached. And I just like Bogdan said, I think of a way to stand out. And for me, my way to stand out in this scenario was that, you know, there's not a lot of people that do video that are on LinkedIn, constantly publishing their stuff that have a polished profile like mine. Let me send them a video, send them a reel of my work and say that I'm just a videographer that's looking to cast some high level people in a web series and let me just see what the response is. And sure enough, people responded and, and way, way more people than I thought would. And so suddenly Bogdan and I were kind of put on the tracks and we just started having to come up with and, and build this hometown hustle idea 
instantly. It started out, it was going to be called Oak City Hustle and just focus on people in Raleigh, but then we had people in Durham that wanted to be in it. And so we changed it to Hometown Hustle. And then, you know, we had a logo done by a friend, Ruben, and all these things just started happening. And and really, even till now, we don't have a full episode. We have no idea what this is going to look like, but we've built this expectation almost in a way for people to continue just wanting to get involved. And so now people just want to get involved because they keep seeing us post about it and having all these meetings and doing talking about these really interesting ideas that impact them. And they're giving us suggestions and we're, we're taking those in in real time and continuing to build this idea as we just talk about it more. And so it's it's kind of funny. And, and really only people that probably listen to this podcast are going to really know this. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what we're doing. And I'm totally fine with it. It's There's no expectation of it. It's basically us doing what we sell for thousands of dollars for free, giving people a sampler that benefits us. It benefits them. It is. It showcases the community, and it feels good to do it. So at the very minimum, it's fulfilling, and that in itself makes it worthwhile. But at the end of it, who knows what could happen? And so that's what's really exciting and why it's so much fun each week to just make hometown hustle stuff because there's yeah yeah, it's gonna challenge us and and it's gonna it's really it really is pushing us outside of our comfort zone i'll never forget this one moment and keep in mind this is really not long ago at all but i'll never forget and i think it's so freaking hilarious that matt sent out a couple dozen a few dozen messages that that first night we wake up the next morning and he had included a link to his Calendly account. Mm-hmm. And we w- woke up that morning, and Matt, I'm not sure, how many meetings did you, you had done? I don't know, probably like 10. At and least it, it was 10. crazy, yeah. At least 10 in, over the first night. And half of those meetings were the next day. So we wake up in the morning, we have at least five, many of them were back-to-back meetings booked with high-level CEOs in our area. And i never forget, Matt was like, hey, I think you're going to want to take this call. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? And it was in like 10 minutes. So I hop on the phone and we're like trying to explain what we're doing. And really, we have no idea. So we did a good job that we booked Oris. <laughs> and then he was our first episode. We shot him and we, we still need to edit up. But he was the first um, phone call. It went as good as it could have for just like doing it on the fly. And it was yeah. fun. All I mean, he had a good time. We yeah. had a good time. It was it was cool. So it was really fun to do. And uh, we don't really know if it's going to end up being like an episodic format or, or what it's really going to end up being, but it's cool. It's fun. It's opening new doors for us and it's getting us involved in the community, which is um, something we were really trying to do. Um, so yeah, that's kind of hometown hustle. I forget what we were talking about before that. <laughs> no, I think we were going to dive into the questions. Um, before we do that, I think one thing I do want to underscore, uh, one of the, I don't want to say a challenge, but just the nature of us treading down this path is that we will have to do some uh, quote-unquote pivoting here and there i think one thing that we're seeing very quickly is that as we're being introduced left and right as we're taking more meetings the people we're meeting with are saying oh you need to have susan on your show you need to have john you need to have this person and that person and suddenly what started as us saying okay we're just going to send out messages get 10 of the best people in the triangle these are what the 10 people are going to look like suddenly we're being open to this whole world of people whom we didn't even know existed that are suddenly to our surprise right up the street from us Mm -hmm. and very high level top performing people so we need to figure out how to navigate that and how we're going to structure this series but as matt said we're 
We're gonna we'll make it work. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it's just a. Te- I think it's a testament to something that Bogdan and I both believe in really strongly, which is just like create your own circumstances and you know make your dreams come true by just going out there and putting yourself out there and doing it. And it's one of those situations where, you know, we always believe that just like that goal, we would find that kind of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow type of type of deal. And I, I think that in a, in a way we know that this idea is going to take a, it, we're going to become, this will manifest as something very cool over time if we're just consistent. Cause mm-hmm. that's really what the secret sauce to success is, is just consistency. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think we both have a gut feeling that it's going to really pay off. And so it's fun to go do because we have no idea where it's going to take us, but we know that it's in the right direction. Um, and that's reaffirmed by all of these meetings and being introduced to higher level people. And, and there's really nothing behind it other than that we're just trying to learn. And, yeah. you know, our value add is that we can hold a camera and then chop it into a bunch of cool stuff and share it with other people. And so... Um, it's just cool to take something that we're passionate about and have a lot of support behind it from people that really matter and that have mattered in the community and that see, uh, have a shared vision of it with us. So I think that's the coolest part about it. But yeah, I think it'd be cool for us even to, cause it does change so much. It's kind of hard to vlog and we don't necessarily want to be those people that just like try to vlog everything because yeah. we already do enough of that. We make vlogs for other people and it's, it's a lot of time behind the computer as it is, but, um, I think that it would be cool to do it in podcast format and do like a hometown hustle update every week and like talk about how it's changed from the week before and where we think it's going to go. Cause eventually when we like a year from now, it'll be hilarious to like probably listen to this conversation. Cause it'll probably have changed so much. Oh but yeah. No doubt. No doubt at all. We'll probably cringe at this episode too. Oh, it's just like time. we cringe. So Bogdan and I have been recording ourselves. Like, I mean, someday yes. it'll be the right time to, to break all those old videos out, but Right now, it's just too close. <laughs> too too cringy still. <laughs> too raw. Too cringy. We have a lot of video, though. Like, we've always documented our journey, uh, so yeah. to speak. You know, and I think the the problem people have now is that they feel like they need to put it out in real time when really some of the best stuff is, like, when it comes out later on. Like, the Jim Carrey documentary was, you know, just came out, but it was from a movie that happened in, like, the 80s or 70s or something. But, you know, it's cool to just see people doing that. Yeah, no doubt. Hundred percent. Well, I guess we could dive into some of these questions, Bob. Yeah. So I posted up a story on my Instagram yesterday, just saying I was recording a Q and A podcast with the little, um, the little bar for people to type in their questions, and I got a few. I got let's see, I got two, four, six. I got eight questions. Um, we're only going to answer six of them because uh, they're only only six of them are applicable and appropriate. Um, but yeah, I could just start. Do you want to just start one by one, and then I guess we can both just answer them, and yeah, give sure. our perspective to it. All right. So the first one I got was, do you have any ideas for best strategies on building influence through niche-based social media accounts on all platforms? So the the way I hear that question is, what are best practices when you're building up? an industry-specific niche Instagram or Facebook or YouTube account on any platform? What are best practices? I'll let, this is kind of your space, so I'll let you start. Hmm. Well, I think that the best way to do that, if that's what you're trying to do, is make sure that you're just posting... Hmm, let me let me start that question over. So 
really the best way to get started doing that is to realize and understand that each platform, each social platform is used for a different purpose. For instance, the type of people that you and I probably both follow on Instagram are very different than the type of people that I interact with on LinkedIn or even Facebook. And so understanding that, uh, you know, we also then have to realize that we need to post different types of content to these different platforms. For instance, the, the content that I post to LinkedIn is also different than the content I post to Instagram because I know that my audience is different. And so we need to take those things into account in order to be effective across all of those platforms. So no matter if you're building a niche brand or you're building a personal brand or you're building any kind of page, it's most important and I believe the best strategy is to understand that each platform needs different type of content. So don't just be the person that posts the same thing across every platform with the same caption and the same mm -hmm. hashtags and everything else because, you know, it looks lazy. Yeah, yeah, that, that ties really well into just engaging within that community. You know, that each of those accounts, if you're, if you're doing what you're saying, Benton, and you're very niche, recognizing that that's, that niche is its own little world. And you're trying. You you want a piece of that world. You want that world to accept you, and it won't just accept you if you just post a bunch of pictures that relate. It's gonna accept you when it recognizes you as real, as as a piece of that world that actually adds value, contributes, and gleans valuable information from it as well. So, um, a lot of times, in my opinion, people get stuck on what I'm posting, and not what I'm engaging with. So it's kind of like those two two sides of the coin, in my opinion, in that. While you want to post that platform-specific content, you also want to recognize that, hey, there are people out there, and I need to contribute. I need to engage with those people within that industry and that niche. Hopefully that kind of makes sense. Makes sense to me. What helps you with discipline and focus when temporary motivation is not enough? I think we were talking about this one yesterday. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday right before my power went out from Hurricane Florence. Yeah, we didn't have to suffer too long, though. The way I the way I translate that question when I hear that, what I hear is, how do you move forward with something when you don't feel like doing it? That's pretty much the mm -hmm. the the brass tacks of that question, in my opinion. Would you agree? Yeah, I think we had I had an answer yesterday, and I have a different answer today that is different in a way. Mm -hmm. But what's your answer? Well, I think that the the most it's not really what to do when that happens. It's something, it's more preventative, but it's just yeah. practice. And I think that a lot of people that I encounter sometimes have the wrong frame of mind um, when it comes to handling things that suck. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, you know, taking advantage of the times when things are good to ensure that when, you know, times of hardship come that you're prepared to handle them maturely responsible responsibly etc because a lot of people slack off during the good times and then when it comes time that you know you have to endure you know really push through you're like shit i didn't practice yeah. this at all and now i don't know what to do and so practice makes perfect and i think that you know taking advantage of those times when things are all fine and dandy right you know that's like it's just like team sports, you know. You don't yeah. get better by not practicing all off season. So oh yeah, that's my answer for today on that. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. Um, I have a few different thoughts as I'm kind of digesting that question and Matt's answer. Yeah. Oh, um, I remember what I said yeah. yesterday too was that I think it's accountability to other people because I really okay. seek approval 
I like to feel like I'm making other people happy or making a positive impact on them. And so I think um, my accountability to other people is what pushes me through um, to like have that grit. Yeah, so. you have to be doing it for more than just yourself. Yeah, that's we'll, what I said yesterday. Think, yeah, yeah, we'll quit on ourselves a lot quicker than we will on loved ones, family, people whom we really admire and love. Um, and I think that kind of ties in well to, to some of my thoughts. I think, firstly... Um, the second half of that question was, quote-unquote, when temporary motivation isn't enough. And I think what's so ironic about that is that the, the truth is motivation isn't enough. That is a fact. I am, personally, I'm the type of person, I love looking at motivational quotes, watching motivational videos. I remember when I was in high school um, and I was studying, working really hard to, to reach my academic um, and career goals, I would spend hours in a single day, I would literally spend hours in a single day on YouTube bouncing around from motivational video to motivational video. Like I've seen every single Eric Thomas, every single uh, scene from any movie that's in some way, shape, or form motivational. I've probably seen it multiple times over. The problem with that is I wasted so much time looking for motivation. I, I, lost, I, I lost connection to my why and my purpose. It's just like um, it's it's just like a, a a dislocated shoulder, you know. If if you're not connected to your purpose and your why, your arm might still be attached to you, but it loses its strength. So I think to tie into Matt's point, recognizing that when you're tied into your purpose, you don't need that motivation because you have inspiration. Inspiration comes from the Greek uh, Greek the Greek uh, root word. I think it's inspiro, which means to move your spirit. That's something that re- that moves you. Motivation is external, and I think to Matt's point, you need something much deeper uh, to really push you forward when you don't feel like it. Next, what are three changes you would make chronologically to improve your business model? That's an interesting question. Three changes you would make chronologically to improve your business this model <clears throat> excuse me well i guess the most truthful answer to that would be whatever it is that we're doing so things that bogdan and i are doing right now in our business in this order i suppose mm-hmm. um well i think first of all to address why we would do them in this order i guess i haven't really thought about it so right off the top of my head we've done it because it's been the most effective thing to do in our minds at that at that given time so mm-hmm. i guess yeah. that would there's no other rhyme or reason behind it and that's part part of why we're <laughs> making yeah. some of these choices so i think uh first and foremost we're going to be looking at an office space and that'll be great because it will allow us to have a place to go every day and a place to bring the few employees that we do have right now and to start kind of establishing more of a structure and a routine and a place to work and, and separating that work yeah. life balance um, and I think second, we're making new hires. So we're, we're also strategizing which hires are most important and which are going to be most effective. And, uh, what, what is third? Um, thirdly? so when I, when I hear this question, I think, okay, how can our a business model is, um, I'm trying to differentiate between changes we would make to our business model and changes we make to our business itself. Because we can make dozens yeah. of changes to our business every day, but our business model is, for the most part, it is staying the same in that we have retainer clients and one-time 
clients who hire us for the suite of services that we offer. Uh, I guess to answer your question, if we were to, if I were to take note of maybe some of the changes we're making, um, I think right now we're trying to double down on services um, that produce results the quickest um, and also retain the most margin. Uh, I think as a salesperson, there are two things that I think about a lot. Um, I think of margin, I think volume. You know, I might have a lot of margin if I'm selling, maybe, I, I don't know much about airplanes, but I would imagine if I were selling airplanes, the commission would be pretty solid, but there might not be as much volume. So getting the right balance of offerings that we can sell every single day that still retain a lot of margin, I think is, is going to be the key to our longer term success. Cool. Awesome. So that was a, that was a really good question, Umong. Next, we have, and this is, this is a good one, this is very open-ended, best piece of advice for a 20-year-old entrepreneur. That is a tough one. I think my best piece of advice would just simply be to find mentors. I consider mentors people that I go to reoccurringly who have a, a track record of producing the type of results and have the lifestyle that I achieve, that I am aiming to achieve in some way, shape or form. Um, and so I, that's kind of my definition of mentorship. And that's what I would say is the single best piece of advice for a 20 year old entrepreneur is to find a mentor and, or find a group of people that cumulatively have the things that you want to achieve and, and learn from them. And, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of um, our counterparts or a lot of young entrepreneurs have this, and admittedly, I've had this this mentality before, and um, I've um, had the self-awareness to recognize it, but I think it's easy to fall into the me-against-the-world mentality. Oh, I, I got to make it work. It's all me. It's all me. I, I got to grind. I got to hustle. But the reality is that there are people who've been in your position thousands, hundreds of times over, and the reality is they might be a lot closer than you think. So if you just have the humility um, to to reach out and make yourself available, you might be uh, pleasantly surprised by what you can learn. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Um, I guess to, if I were to add to that, I would say um, focus on two main things. Um, focus on skills and focus on relationships. So um, the alternative, I guess, to those two things is chasing quick cash which I've done in the past and which m- might yield some type of short-term fulfillment, short-term um, w- whatever. Uh, but I, I really think that if you double down on what's going to serve you long-term, um, you'll find that those, those things make the most sense. So what I mean by that is the skills that you don't have today are, um, are holding you back. And the people that you don't know today are holding you back as well. So I think if you double down, do everything in your power to become a master, an absolute master, world-class in your craft, and you have this self-awareness, the humility to reach out to other people and just build and develop and nurture those relationships, over a 5, 10, 15, 50-year lifespan, I mean, how would that not serve you? I think the only way it wouldn't uh, is if you were chasing... Uh, that short-term cash above those two things. So um, that would be my advice to a 20-year-old entrepreneur because the reality is 20 years old is pretty young. And if you focus on skills and relationships for the next 5 to 10 years, 
I'm sure you'll be in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I guess. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, closing thoughts. Um, you know, there are a couple more questions. I think I want, I think a closing thought should be how we answer half of this last question, which is what drives you to succeed? Maybe if we just close with that, I think that might be really interesting. Like what drives us? Because people see us online. Um, a lot of people reach out to us. Um, and most of the people within our community are all working our butts off. Um, and at the end of the day, a good question is why, like what drives us? So I think maybe a good place to stop would be answering that question, sharing what is our why, and I'm sure our whys might overlap, but be a little bit different in some ways, maybe. I think one of the one of the things that drives me first and foremost is um, this deep, unrelenting feeling that I was born for more. So I don't mean to be, I don't want to be all pie in the sky. In the clouds, but the reality is, I believe that we're all born with a purpose here on earth, and that the purpose that's been said before us, the purpose, that thing that we're meant to do, um, it's not guaranteed and it does require action on our part. I think a lot of people are falling short of their potential every single day. There are people dying, they never met the, the best version of themselves. So, I think what wakes me up in the morning and what I lay my head on that pillow and what I think about is okay who was I created to be and am I doing everything in my power to become that person Uh, so it's very very purposeful um, and I don't believe in accidents so uh, I guess that would be kind of my my short answer to that question that that really drives me and at the end of the day I I do believe entrepreneurs have the potential uh, to really solve some of the world's biggest problems um, and if I can do my best, do my part in bringing hope, truth, and love to this business world and solving problems, as Matt said, I, I think I'll, I'll be very happy and content. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I've ever heard this on another podcast or where I heard this, but it was basically like someone's theory of that when you die, you have to meet the version of yourself that you could have been and just this whole like idea of, of you know, if you had to meet that person, you know, would you want to be disappointed or would you want to have to watch that and see mm-hmm. yourself, like, do all the things that you could have done? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an interesting thought to leave it off on. I think, like, if anything, this is more for us and for us to look back on just, like, our videos and stuff versus really yeah. anyone else because at the end of the day, and that's the thing, like, Bog and I already know we're going to do what we're setting out to do. It's just, it's just hasn't happened. Like, time just hasn't caught up yet, pretty much. So it's just like, cool, well, you know, this will be cool to look back on and maybe someday it'll be more impactful to put out than it is yeah. tomorrow but this will be you know. a voice voiceover on a video in 10 years for sure yeah There's it'll no be doubt. something who knows but anyway that's all for now we're gonna end, end it oh, i stuttered at the end last it send it thanks for listening and we'll see you soon